2017 meeting of Knoxville Game Design. We are developers in the Knoxville and East Tennessee area who develop games for profit and also develop games just for fun. Uh, currently, we have on the call Amos Gardner from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, he's the uh, owner and operator of A Gamer Studios. Yep, yep. And I'm Levi Smith. Uh, uh, you may know me from games such as TTY, GFX Adventures, and I'm in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So this may be a short meeting this month. Uh, I'm just going to hit up some of the news, some of the things that are going on in the Knoxville area. Let me bring up uh, what I have here. Uh, so first of all, I'll start out with uh, you, Amos. I know you have Glowing Gourds. Uh, you did a Kickstarter, right? I did. Um, and although it looks like that Kickstarter is going to be kind of unsuccessful. Um, yeah, it's always a little bit of a letdown. But I actually made a lot of progress this last month and really built it into something I'm pretty proud of. Um, so, like, it's getting pushed back a little bit because of that Kickstarter not working out um, and other things. So I'm having to self-fund it. But that's okay. Um, but I'd be ha I'm going to be demoing that later in the meeting, if you'd oh, like. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I know. So, I know. I donated a little bit to the Kickstarter. I think it's just good getting experience and how how to run a Kickstarter. I know mm -hmm. I started setting one up and I never did finish it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's all uh, based on like building a following and getting people knowing your name. Then you can pull those people into your Kickstarter and get them to donate. So nothing yeah. wrong with like failing. Come back again later and have mm -hmm. a bigger and better campaign. Absolutely. I think uh, the biggest problem for me was just I didn't update it often enough and I didn't uh, like I didn't do good marketing with it, you know, because I didn't want to pester friends and family that much. <laughs> yeah, I know we've had a few Kickstarters here in the Knoxville area. And, uh, I don't know if any of them were successful. I think uh, the major thing is like setting the goal low enough. And I mm -hmm. think you had a reasonable goal. It seems like is I don't know, in the $500,000 range. If you go out and you set a uh, goal of $200,000 and you're completely unknown uh that, that's going to be a tough sell so uh, i think it definitely takes having like the history of uh completed other games showing that you can deliver on on a kickstarter so yeah so yeah uh yeah let me hit up a couple of other news items before uh before showing off your game uh, first of all, I'm going to say uh, we did GM48. Some members of Knoxville Game Design did GM48 uh, last month. So for those who aren't familiar with GM48, it's a, I think it's four times a year, quarterly game jam in Game Maker Studio. Uh, let me share out my screen here. Share. And I think that's the right one there. Set this back on me. 
So I'm just going to show some video. Uh, Joe Miller, who's in Knoxville Game Design, uh, he developed the game uh, called Wait For It, I believe. So it's kind of funny. We kind of did similar games. We both had uh, cannons that we tried to shoot into and not even knowing what each other was working on. Uh, but he basically has these uh, different uh, bars right here that you have to avoid. If you hit the bar, then it bounces off and goes all different which ways. I really liked how Joe had a whole bunch of different levels that he designed. I think he had 20 total. Uh, and you could select those levels from the level select screen. So, yeah, you basically shoot the little ball and try to hit the uh, end zone, the checkered board area. As you can see here, it gets a little bit more complex with the spinning bars, which knock your ball out of the way. Uh, once you get into the later levels of this game, uh, he puts the goal area at a different position. So you kind of got to do a trick shot off the side of these bars and get it to bounce into the goal area. So, yeah, pretty cool entry there. Let me see. Yeah, here's one where you actually got to bounce it off the side of one of these bars. So, kind of tricky there. And it looks like he keeps track of uh, the amount of time that it takes to complete every level there. Uh, my game was called Ultra Shot. Let's see. Oh, I guess I didn't have that brought up here. So, ultra shot gameplay. Um, yeah, here's the video that I made for my game. And by the way, the theme for this game was one. Was it one shot? Yeah, I think the theme was one shot. So, my game is kind of similar. You have a cannon which you can move up and down. Uh, and you shoot the ball, then once it hits one of these green cannons right here, then it will automatically like rebound and shoot to the next area. So I have some of these cannons which turn, so you got to time your shot correctly so that whenever it turns in the direction that you need it, then it's going to shoot onto the next cannon. And then I have a little spinning goal area as well, a little circle right there. Um, I have these little blue blocks that move up and down, back and forth. You need to avoid those or else your uh, ball will explode. And then once you get to the later levels, you have these little red ones that move in ram random directions. And then on the final level, you have one that continuously turns. So that one's a little bit hard to hit right there. Um but yeah, I just had five levels in my game. My game, you can finish in about five minutes or so. Um, so I was going to mention Dylan. He wasn't able to join us this month. Hopefully he'll be back next month. Oh, and by the way, I'll go ahead and mention that Ludumdare 40 is next month. It starts on December 1st, so we're planning on having a kickoff. Uh, probably at Panera Bread again. Check out Knoxville knoxgamedesign.org will have all the details but yeah we'll plan on getting together at Panera Bread on North Peters Road uh, usually around 7 p.m. Eastern Time uh, for the theme announcement and usually we all work separately but uh, we usually like to get together kind of like an ongoing thing that we've 
we've been doing getting together for the theme announcement. Then once they announce the theme, then we all go to our separate ways and develop our games. We'll probably be talking about the games that we develop uh, on the on the next podcast in December. So that's coming up. But by the way, Dylan, he uh, developed a game called Retro Future for Ludum Dare. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was the last one. As a few competitions ago but his game's been in beta but he finally i think released it or is in alpha and now he's finally put it in beta so it's a neat little puzzle game where you activate these little components on on the screen and light everything up i think he was going to put this on uh mobile i'm not sure oh, okay yeah it is a mobile game on google play so i was thinking this was on his itchio but it's actually on google play so yeah definitely check that out he also has shifty shapes and ice fishing derby and one card hero and a lot of other cool games on his google play account um another developer here in knoxville we haven't seen him in a while but paul green he's still doing game development um he's doing some live streaming on twitch i'm not exactly sure what game he's working on but i've popped in and out of his channel before just to see what he's working on he also has a discord channel which i don't know much about discord but uh i guess it's a good way to keep up with people and communicate with other people and uh talk about game development stuff and things like that so yeah check out paul green uh, another guy that used to come to our game development meetings, Jeffrey Turnmeyer and Jacob. Uh, Jeffrey has a pretty cool page called on his Thingiverse site, uh, where he posts like these different creations that he's made, uh, modeled in 3D. Not completely game development related, but modeling and game development kind of go together. But he has a 3D printer and he makes all these different cool objects. Uh, so yeah just another thing going on in knoxville by a by a developer here i know jeffrey has done a couple of games for ludum dare before so let's see here kill elder jim another one that i did real quick is called zero h jam i've done this four times now uh it's to develop a game and what they say is zero hours it's actually develop a game in an hour from 2 a.m to 2 a.m so if you're up that late during the time change uh this is different for the eu their time change is a little bit earlier than us in america uh, so they go first then we go like the, the weekend of november 5th uh saturday night sunday morning during the time change um, you can click on view games and they have all the old games archived as well but these are all games developed in an hour so as you may expect these aren't like really deep and complex games my game turn back the clock four it's kind of like a peggle plinko style game and i'm gonna run that really quick i didn't make one change to the post compo version and the game that about developed for the original version, um, this may be sort of loud here. Um, the balls were a little bit too big, but the overall objective is to drop these little balls and light up all the little pegs right here. So I don't know if anyone out there has watched The Price is Right. They used to have a game called Plinko. It's kind of based on the same 
concept where you have these little discs and you try to activate all the little lights. So, yeah, maybe if I ever get around to it, I'll develop this one further, make it into a full game. I don't know. And it also has like a little tracker, how many balls that you've used. So you try to just complete the game, light them all up with the least number of balls possible. Usually there's one to start here. Okay, you hit that one, it says you win. So yeah, that was uh, Zero H Game Jam. Um, yeah, so yeah, they do it once a year, so pretty cool. So anyway, I'm going to turn it back over to Amos here. Uh, who's been working on growing gourds uh, and you said maybe a new game as well right yeah um so i'm working also on github's game off game jam which uh, is a month-long game jam uh run by github um and the the theme for this month was throwback so i decided to do a arcade style um or a clicker game with an arcade kind of twist to it um and I can pull that one up here in just a second. Yeah, that'd be cool. And share it. <clears throat> yeah, I did a clicker so, game a couple of years ago. It was a Christmas tree simulator, and you'd click on the snowflakes, and you'd be able to buy different ornaments for your trees. And I know Mike, who used to run the game development group here in Knoxville, he did a clicker game called Click for Dragons. Uh, it's oh, a very pretty cool. popular genre. It's simpler for mobile games where you can just, like, click on stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see, here it is. Uh, it's actually completely busted at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, there's not a whole lot you can do with it, but this will, this will give you the idea. Um, there we go. So you're supposed to be able to uh, click for, for tokens, and then you use these tokens to buy machines from the store. Okay. Uh, that'll be over here. And then once you buy a machine, that will increase your popularity, and that's the mechanic I'm going to use as an auto-clicker. Oh, okay. So the higher popularity that your arcade has, then the more uh, tokens that you'll generate, hence more machines you can buy. Um, and then the machines eventually over time will wear down and break down, so you'll have to repair them, which costs money. Oh, so this is like an arcade simulator. That's pretty yeah. cool. I've never thought about a game like that before. <laughs> it, I was walking around in the local mall here, and I was like, I miss arcades. Ah, oh, this is perfect. We should do this, or I should do this. Um. And so far, the only functionality that I've really got up was the save game mechanic, um, which is broken right now because of a refactor that I was doing. But it was kind of complicated for me to figure out how to um, save the game when the player exits um, and then like bring it back and then recalculate the time between and then do clicks based on that. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that mechanic I've got sort of kind of working. Um, and yeah, that, that's it for the, the game off game jam. Yeah, yeah, savings is always kind of a difficult thing. I mean, you can always just like open up a text file and write out to a text file using the standard um, like C, C sharp calls, or I guess mm -hmm. you can write it out to XML. One thing that I played around with uh, a couple of years ago was using SQLite, which is kind of like a relational database, but it stores yeah. everything in files, so you can keep everything local and everything. Um, for this, um, I used a player or application persistent data path and saved to a save file, a uh, oh, okay. .dat file. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so to keep me organized, I started using Trello, which has just been amazing. Um, I used it before in the past and then completely forgot that it existed. 
So, like, this is a, a very small board I've got going up just for the Game Off Jam, but my Glowing Gourds board is much more complicated, oh. and I have a lot more assets associated. Yeah, so, so I didn't know you could post pictures on Trello. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's a new feature, I think. You can um, download the mobile and take pictures straight to Trello, or you can upload them, set them as the cover for the ticket. So here's where I was just jotting down what I want in the alpha sheet or what I want alpha to have before mm. it's released. And then I color coded my notes and took a picture of it. Very cool. Yeah. I've used yeah. Trello long is it's been a few years since I used it. It is good for like recording thoughts and brainstorming and like moving things in from like, I'm working this feature then moving it in completed. I think it's like supposed to be really powerful. If you're working on a team, then you can assign like tasks to each developer and just so you know, who's working on what. <laughs> And now I'm trying to pull up my most recent build of uh, Glowing Gourds. Might take me a second. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go grab my drink real quick. Okay, I'm back. All right, looks like when uh, I built it before, I just hit build and run, and it didn't actually save an EXE on the desktop. Oh, okay. So instead of hunting for it, I'm just rebuilding. Yeah, that's fine. I know Unity can take a while sometimes. It, it can. Oh, so the other thing that I didn't mention in the news, while that's loading, uh, we did meet at OpenCord for the Knox Get Devs quarterly meeting. So... It was me and Dylan Wolf. Uh, it was a little bit difficult for us to make it uh, because they moved the starting time up to 5.45 and a lot of us don't get off work until um, 5.30 or so. That's what time I get off work. And I'm in Oak Ridge. I think Dylan's far away from Knoxville too. Not, it's usually about a 20-minute drive to get over there, especially on Kingston Pike during rush hour so we both completely missed the speaker for Knox devs uh but we did get to meet chris gardner and uh he's the guy that, from huntsville alabama who runs the dev space conference the one that dylan did a talk for a few weeks ago and i talked at it i think at the very first year uh but yeah he was he's in the area i think he's doing some temporary work here in knoxville um tried to get him to join the uh, meeting this month. Hopefully he'll show up sometime since he is a game developer. He worked a lot with XNA back when it was popular. And by the way, I'm going to mention that Dylan, this may come out backwards, but on the screen, but Dylan did some really nice business cards for Knoxville game design. Uh, has, hey, meet us on Google Hangouts. We meet monthly at 2 p.m., uh, so, yeah, these are pretty cool. I know we had been talking about making some handouts uh, to give to people so people know more about the group and just raise more awareness about our Knoxville game design group. So, yeah, if anybody out there wants a card, let me know. I'll be trying to ha hand these out at future meetings, future Knox devs group meetings and things like that. Nice. Okay, Amos, so is it compiled now? Yep, <laughs> okay, it's great. compiled and up. 
So, oh, why you got to start on the wrong screen like that? <laughs> <sighs> it's always bad when you try to um, to build something out when you're trying to demo it like that. Yeah, that's fine. We're in no hurry. Uh, yeah, I know I always get confused when I'm sharing out screens with Google Hangouts because they both kind of look the same. And depending on how my screen layout set up, sometimes the left screen is the right screen and the right screen is the left screen and... And like you're saying, whenever you start Unity, you never do know which screen it's going to pop up on. This is very true. Okay, right screen. There we go. All right, perfect. Okay, awesome. So are you doing your own graphics for this game? Because your graphics look great for growing gourds. I'm doing most of the graphics. Um, some of the graphics I'm not doing, though. Like um, You'll see some of the story cinematography or the the story graphics that i've got coming up here in a minute i didn't do those i actually had the third party and that's where the cost of this game came in oh okay so but like this this title screen here is mine the enemies are mine um the backgrounds and the ui are mine so yeah that looks great what what tool are you using to make those graphics so i was using uh pixel edit which is um a, a relatively cheap pixel editing software. Mm -hmm. um, but then I just found this new uh, art program called Affinity Designer, which okay. does both roster and vector graphicking. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much, I canceled my Photoshop subscription and bought it. And so I'm going to switch over and start doing vector graphicking for most of my games, if I can. Yeah, it looks very sharp. I'm definitely. So that tool that you just mentioned, is that free or is there a cost associated? Uh, Affinity Design is uh, $50 per system, um, which is kind of a hard pill to swallow, but if you're paying for Photoshop, you know, you'll know you make your money up eventually. And I got Pixel Edit, which um, I can demo here, hopefully, without losing my game. Um, I got Pixel Edit at a Humble Bundle sale, but I think usually it goes for like $20, I'm guessing. I could be totally wrong. But it's a relatively, uh, or pretty nice um, tool here. You can just build something out and shade it and do whatnot. And that's what I've been using for my enemies so far. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard of Pixel Edit before. I haven't used it. I haven't heard of Affinity Design, so I'm definitely going to check that one out. And I'll link both of these to the website, the Knox Game Design website. I love um, Affinity Design. Like it, It's amazing. And I did my desktop background in it earlier. Looks very slow. Uh, Thank you. See Sources. Pixel Edit. And then... So this is some of the new artwork that I've been working on. Um, this is my sprite sheet. Okay. So the first thing I do is I just go in and black out how I want the animation to look, and then I start applying color to it since that takes the most time. Looks very cool. Yeah, I've seen like yeah. tutorials on doing pixel art, and usually they say to get a general like uh, outline or, or I don't know what you call it, but just the general figure, I guess, in black. Then you just go back and fill in the colors after. Yeah, and it really expedites the process because I feel like, so I run it black through the game and I make sure I like the way it looks and the way uh, it flows, and then I go through and color in, and it really helps. So the, the most recent thing I put in was an options menu that's got like a, because I really hate games that don't give you the chance to turn off the crappy music they come with. Exactly. <laughs> I always forget to add an option menu to turn off the sound, and I know that can be annoying. Is like if you don't have that option. And I know that my uh, my music is incredibly uh, bad. I have no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so we can start up a new game where I implemented this dialogue system. Kind of talks to you. You put in your player name. 
And here's like some of the, the artwork that I had an artist do for me. Mm -hmm. And like, it really pulled my game together. It made it look a lot better, gave it a sort of feeling to it. Looks very cool. Um, thank you. So it's just like angry pumpkins that kind of fits in with the Halloween Thanksgiving type theme. <laughs> Yeah, the, the idea is this: uh, these radioactive zombie pumpkins rise up out of the pumpkin patch and come to kill people who don't believe in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so then you've got this lobby system uh, where you can go and visit a store. You can buy gun reloads and different weapons that you can afford. Um, then you can go on to the next level. Here's where some runners come into play. So right now I've only I've got three different enemy types and a boss character. Um, the boss is just a giant red square, and oh. it doesn't do anything special at the moment. Just placeholder graphics for now. Yeah, totally. And see, I've run out of ammo now because I didn't buy any reloads, and because of that, I'm going to face a very slow death oh. of this guy. <laughs> so I'm going to escape out of this level, which brings me back to the menu. Um, if I come back later and decide I want to go and buy stuff, I can use the load game feature, so I implemented a save and load feature into this. Um, and all of this progress, I've, like the last time I was in here uh, doing a demo, all I had was just the basic combat up, and then I spent about a month just you know, going in here and making very small changes that grew over time, and now I have a game that I'm actually pretty proud of. Yeah, it looks very cool. I remember last time, or maybe it was a couple of months ago, you were showing off the menu system and how you could like dynamically add components to your menuing system. That was very cool. That's something I need to add to my games. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is uh, the basic or the the Unity back into it. I've my folders have grown to very large sizes. Um, let's see some of the. I can go down to a scene here. Show off the menu. I actually had to come up with sort of like my own little convention with the scri uh, the scripts to help like organize them. Yeah. So I have an optimizer script that I wrote that just takes care of like when you display an audio source, it kills it once the audio is done playing. Particle system does the same thing. I forgot what UI controller does. Um, then I have these scene controllers. Um, ignore that typo right there. And... Uh, so I just throw one of these in here, and that helps like handle input for each particular scene. Um, I, I know I'm going to have a problem later because the way I'm doing levels is I just have different scenes for each level. Oh yeah, um, and that's that's going to be a problem later. Yeah, you could probably like refactor that later on. Yeah, typically I have like one game scene, and then mm -hmm. I have a level manager. Then I keep a like a a level integer and I use that to determine how to lay out the scene uh, based on what level it is. Usually I have a uh, file that reads in uh, level data which is either usually in XML or text format then based on what level it is it reads in the appropriate level file then it instantiates all those prefabs for that level. <laughs> One of the main reasons I, I did split it out like this um, is it made it easier to handle different waves for different levels, um, which I could have made that into a data type and then just done it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing is like if uh, the level um, name, if the scene name is equal to level one, and I you know win the or beat the level, then it will display cinem cinematic. Um, whereas the other levels, it won't do that except for the boss level. So levels two through five should just act like level one repeated. 
that makes sense. And yeah, yeah, I think you said last time that you do like the uh, loading in of multiple scenes. So that might be a, a reasonable way to do it. Uh, I, would, mm-hmm. I always just, I, I do it the old school way where I do one scene at a time. But I could see like if you have all your base stuff loaded in like one scene, then you can just load in the appropriate stuff for level one, two, three, or four. Uh, yeah. That would be cool i think i've done a little bit with the scene manager i think just uh loading scene which replaced i think application load level Mm -hmm. so but yeah that looks pretty cool i know what you're what you mean when you're saying you get so many scripts typically i have like you have right there a scene or a scripts folder but once you get so many scripts it gets kind of hard to uh, manage especially when you have scripts for different scenes it's usually Mm -hmm. good to like break those out into their uh functional areas there so and then i started to make this plugins um folder that i've got over here and um thought i had another one running around for a text mesh pro which is a plugin uh, packages there we go so one thing i started doing is um i have a package of fonts that i typically like to use in all my games mm-hmm. so i exported that out into a package and i just import it in and then i do that with my splash screen so it's consistent across my games yeah that's a good way to do it yeah see in your plugins there you have an editor folder Mm -hmm. and i was gonna say there's i have like one editor script i think if you have an editor folder within your base unity directory and assets all all the code in there gets applied to the editor and one that i really like and i'll share with the code uh it actually will save your game or save your project whenever you press the play button because i've got stuck plenty of times where i have an infinite loop and i press play and then all of a sudden unity locks up and i have to kill unity and then i lose all my progress so that editor script is really nice where it actually saves before you run so I'll yeah try to show out that code that's that's awesome i had no idea that that existed and i actually ran into that problem a couple of weeks ago and wrote myself into an infinite loop so <laughs> it's very easy to do i mean like if i'm looping through like items and i'm deleting and i forget to add an increment or something then then you're stuck but yeah i'll I'll definitely post that code out there and send it to you it's it's a pretty short little script so all you do is like drag autosave cs into your editor folder and it's good to go okay and then last night i got to thinking about making a a card game or a card trading game um and that came up because i was playing munchkin with a bunch of friends at a party and I was like, man, I really miss card games like Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. And I was like, well, I wonder what it would make to make one of those. So I just tried in a couple hours to see if I could make a card generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually pretty pleased with the uh, with the results. Um, so now I'm kind of working on a blackjack game to see what that looks like. Cool. Of course, I bet this is going to like bust to pieces. Yeah. I've been working, on, and I'll show it here in a minute. Uh, it's actually a CCG, or CCG type game. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been working on is it's got a wrestling. Th- I'm a big wrestling fan, so it's got a wrestling theme. I'll show it off here in a minute after you're done. It's a game. Yeah, done. you can go ahead and show that off. And, okay, and I can see why this is breaking. All right, um, let me go and uh, grab this share screen and screen one. So this is a game. See if I can get Unity up. Yeah, this is a game that I started back in 2015. I don't think it's for any specific game jam or anything. I just wanted to develop a uh, CCC uh, 
collectible card game, CCG, uh, similar to Hearthstone. So I put in a bit of work into this in the last couple of weeks or so. So let me go ahead and play this, make sure the sound is muted because it will blast my ear if it's not muted. And yeah, mine's slow too. <laughs> so there goes my auto save script before it runs. Yeah, so you got your two wrestlers here. I added the crowd this week, so they do like random animations, like cheering and things like that. I created the crowd, uh, these people in Make Human, which is a tool that you can use to uh, like make people models and rigs and things like that. But basically, you have these options. You have like your your these are like the crystals in Hearthstone. You press punch, it uses one unit, and you press intern, he's going to attack you back. So their overall objective is to like reduce your opponent's health down to zero. And you get one extra like resource uh, every turn. So once you have three, you can do a suplex, and you got the values right here of how much each one cost. So I just got like two characters right now. Like one thing I need to add is like more characters that you can play as. I have three different camera angles here. Uh, one that zooms in, one that just goes around the ring, and uh, one that's overhead, or one that zooms in from the side. So yeah, little project that I worked on there for a little bit there. Now that is really awesome. So how did you say you implemented the crowd? Uh, is a tool called Make Human, which uh, is a free tool. Uh, just a word of warning, there may be some, not X-rated, but some figure nudity in here, just because of the nature of models. But let me open this. I think I'm still sharing. Yeah, we did a demo of Make Human a while back, and uh, when we're meeting over at the Tech Co. Uh, I'll pop it open here. And it's a free tool. Um, I think it's just like makehuman.org. One thing I did have to do to the model, it will generate a highly detailed model. So I had to pull the FBX, uh, the film box file, into Blender and use the decimate uh, for the crowd. But you can, like, they have sliders, male, female. And you can change the age of your character and make them skinny, fat. There's a muscle slider and increase the weight uh, and change the race. Three different sliders for race. And then you can go in. That's That actually looks like a better wrestler than I have in my game right there. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can go to geometries. And here's all the different uh, items. It comes with some default items that you can put on your character right here, like the uh, shirt and pants and shoes. I guess you can make your own as well. I haven't gotten around to making my own clothing yet. But typically I go in here, and once you have your character modeled the way you want with the clothing and size, you can go to Files, and go to export you can save it in the native like mhm format make human format or you can export so uh, what i do is export into film box uh, one thing you want to make sure i think that under geometries or one of these 
option. Yeah, you want to click on Game Engine under Pose Animate, and that will give you a skeleton. And you can use this inside of Blender to move and pose this guy around. That is um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It's a pretty nice little program for free. And, yeah, like I said, you just export it into FBX, and you can import that into Blender. Then in Blender, you can import your Blender file directly into Unity. I guess, yeah, I don't think you can import an MHM directly into Unity. I think you got to export into one of these formats. Okay. Okay, so I'll hand it back over to you, Amos. Uh, stop sharing. Sweet. Um, Is there see, I did figure out the issue over here. Um, so let's see. You can uh, press space to, to generate a card, um, flip it over by clicking on it. Okay. And there is a, a problem that I have no idea how to fix, where if you generate multiple cards, um, the, the, the first card is the one that is active, so you have to, to like drag over the other two and get them out of the same space. Oh. And then you can interact with them. So do you have like imagine... a card script on each card, and does that like have the whether it's flip? Okay, yeah, see right here you have an X and a Y flip. Mm-hmm on sprite render but no that's just your sprite yeah renderer. i think it might have i tried testing out the z um axis to see if like that would fix anything yeah um but so far that didn't bear any good results uh so i think it's just going to take some some like messing around with it to, to figure it out i also know that it might have something to do with the ui layer um that i've got going on on my canvas so I set it up to have the UI sorting layer, which is above the default layer. Okay. And so the 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 cards UIs might be conflicting, or they're probably conflicting. Yes. So that's probably why. So you have one canvas for every card. Okay. Yeah. So it, you you work yourself into a weird situation where you can't manipulate anything, but. Yeah, but it's looking pretty good. I mean, you got the card spawning and everything, and. Mm-hmm. It's starting to actually look like some. So then I kind of had the idea, well, let's extend it and build out a multiple card game suite, like Solitaire, Blackjack, um, those kind of things, and just see what I can do with it in spare time. Yeah, that's the one but, nice thing is like once you get the cards working and everything where you can get them spawning and getting the properties, then you can like expand that into multiple games. Like you can do Blackjack or mm -hmm. Solitaire or all that other good stuff. And then this is uh, Affinity Designer that I was telling you about. Oh, okay. So like, um, you, it's kind of set up like Photoshop. You have all these different layers that you can manipulate and draw onto. Um, and then this is all vector graphicking, which the, the difference is uh, vector graphics are mathematic-driven. They're all lines. Everything that you see before you here is a line. There's no pixels. And roster graphicking, which is done in this... Uh, up here, there's these tabs called personas. Okay. Um, so this is the pixel persona where I can go in with a brush and um, let's see. Let's grab a and do something weird with it, maybe. So I quite, I totally haven't quite figured out how this project works yet um, or program works yet. Once you get done with your vector graphicking, you can paint on it with pixel stuff. Mm -hmm. that's the idea anyways 
Yeah, the nice thing about doing vector graphics is if you have an image and then if you want to scale it up, it still uh, looks pretty good. It keeps all the proportions correctly. Whereas if you have a raster image, then you scale it up, then it's going to look very pixelized. Oh, that's cool. So, so there you, we go. I've got some panning going on. That's pretty cool. So it's like you're texturing just the wall behind it, then everything in front yep. stays the same. That's very cool. Thanks. Uh, back on all that and then like when uh when i'm drawing something um so uh a good example of this is this uh this like sci-fi poster i've got going on over here mm -hmm. it's actually just a bunch of like noise that i layered together to make it look all right mm -hmm. um and so if i don't really like how how this looks i can move this over here and then change this over can change its color and now it's a completely different looking thing. And I like how it automatically handles the clipping outside of the, or inside of the rectangle. So you can put that one layer behind it and it doesn't go like outside and automatically <laughs> sizes that or clips it. You can fake a lot of good artistry that way. Because <laughs> 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 like if, um, if I was trying to paint this whole scene before me in Photoshop, I, it would have been a massive just undertaking for me and I would have quit about halfway through the chair thing here. Um, so like this back portion of it is just kind of like a, a rectangle that I had uh, made square or like rounded on top mm -hmm. and given it like it has this uh, layer area, but if I were to totally like mess up the layering here on purpose, um, the layer, get the, 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 so yeah, maybe it's at some point it will. Very cool. And so you can have these groups within groups. It, it like I said, it gets complicated pretty quick. Um, but I, I really love it, and I've had a great time messing with it. I'm definitely going to check out this program. Looks very cool. Anywho, you can lose yourself. This thing probably took me like two or three hours. I realized it was like three o'clock in the morning, and I should stop doing this. <laughs> Anywho, but that, that's Affinity Design for you. That looks very cool. Thank you. I ended up doing um, both of my desktops in uh, in that. See, yeah, so you got your Switch there docked and your desktop computer. Oh, there, and there's your laptop as well. Yep. So I kind of have this as my work one, and then this is uh, the other one was like my home environment. Mm-hmm. So, or at least what I wish my work environment looked like. My work environment is <laughs> kind of like a cubicle. <laughs> Me too. I wish I had a window. I have an office, but I don't have a window. I, I have a, I have a pretty good, pretty big window near my desk, but um, I have to share. It. We have an opus open office environment, and so I share it with a bunch of people. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But anyway, that, there's all that. Looks awesome. And then you got Thank your you. like a gamer studios logo on your. PCs in the background. And... Yeah, and it's kind of an inside joke with me. I used to have that. Uh, that used to be my actual background when I was painting or when I was designing this. So it was just like kind of meta, if you will. Oh, it's a, it's a background within a background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I actually do have my Switch docked right next to my computer. I, I unhook the HDMI cables and run it right in. 
I still haven't gotten a Switch yet. I think I've gotten every Nintendo console before. I'm just kind of waiting. I know they came out with the Mario Odyssey. I saw some gameplay. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is enough for me to run out and get a Switch yet. I did get the Zelda game, mm-hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild. I got it for Wii U. So I was like, okay, that'll keep keep me happy for now. But uh, Yeah, if you've got it on Wii U, you don't need it on Switch. Yeah, yeah. I'm you just, do need to play it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just haven't gotten into it that much yet. It seems like it. They took more of a Skyrim approach to it. Um, mm. I got past the part with the king where you revive him or something. He's a ghost, and you get the the what is it? The cape or whatever. The the hang glider where you glide down to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, pretty cool game i just haven't had, I haven't had a lot of time to play games lately i played one game called uh it's part of the shin megami tensei they did a free metroidvania type game nice uh, called synchronicity prologue so i got a gameplay video of that out there if anybody wants to watch that but it, it's just all in japanese so <laughs> <laughs> which uh, i can read japanese like at a first or second grade level so there was a lot that i wasn't picking up but uh, then i did a castlevania gameplay playthrough on uh halloween that's out there as well retro game okay amos did you have anything else you wanted to show off this month no, I think that's. I think I've had the floor for enough, <laughs> enough time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, we're kind of running low this month. Hopefully, we'll get Dylan back maybe next month. It sounded like he really wanted to do Ludum Dare uh, this time. I think he passed last time, but he still showed up to her kickoff. So, uh, be good to get everybody back together again. But anyway uh so amos your uh what is your website it's just agamerstudios.com yep okay check and out then you, check out amos at agamerstudios.com and twitters or anything <laughs> i do have a twitter by the same name and i also have an itch page by the same name so agamerstudios.itch.io awesome yeah. uh yeah people can find me i'm levidsmith.com gotechgrad on twitter um, so we appreciate everyone checking out the podcast. You can get the uh, video version online on YouTube. Visit the website, Knoxville Game, uh, KnoxGameDesign.org. And uh, we also have Twitter, KnoxGameDesign on Twitter. And I believe that's it. So appreciate everyone watching. See everybody in a month. See you later.